This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Distributed by Inside HPC. Key executives leaving Cray. And IBM Elastic Storage stretches to the cloud. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everybody, and thanks for dialing in to This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Michael Feldman, and you can listen to us each week on iTunes, on Stitcher, RSS. You can get us through our own website or through our partners at Inside HPC. Michael, we keep thinking summer's going to slow down, but it doesn't quite, does it? No, it doesn't. we got some uh, interesting stories this week. Starting with the fact that uh, it looks like we've got a couple of key executives leaving Cray. This caught my eye that, first of all, the CTO, Bill Blake, who we've known for many years, he was originally a, a deck guy, but then he, he did interactive supercomputing, went to Microsoft, and then joined Cray's board. He's been their CTO for a little while. He's leaving the company as of August 1st. And then also the head of the YARC data division, Arvind Parthasar Sarathi is going to be leaving effectively August, uh, uh, leaving effective August 15th. These are stories uh, originally broken by Seeking Alpha, which uh, publishes on on stock watches. But uh, interesting effect for Cray here. Yeah, some very uh, very key execs. I mean, these are two big names. We've, we've talked to both of them, and uh, yeah, I mean. It's they're not really related to each other in, in the sense that they're you know they're sort of working at different levels in the organization, but uh, they just happen to occur, I guess, at the same time. I guess there's but they're similar must be, level but different functions. Yeah, right? they're very different functions there. Uh, you know, the more interesting one maybe is is the uh, the Yark data side of it because that's uh, that seems like that'll that would be a big change for Cray going forward. I mean, he was he's been running that since its inception. Uh, a few years ago, and he's the VP and the general manager there. Yeah, I inquired to Cray about uh, what was behind all this, and Pete and Garrow did get back to me and said, quote, we have decided to reorganize functionally around our vision of compute, store, analyze, and the convergence of supercomputing and big data versus our old business unit structure. So that quote from Pete sort of implies to me that they might be looking at doing away with YARC data as a separate division, which means you wouldn't need Arvind uh, running it anymore, and then you just reintegrate everything into, you know, here's an engineering group, here's a sales group, et cetera. Right. That that uh, that would imply that. So, yeah, maybe that's what's what's going on there. They'll just uh, basically have one, one division and have the different sort of functions within that. Uh, fundamentally, that would be, to me, what they should have done all along. I, you know, as you know from talking to me over the right. years, that I was never particularly enamored with this Yark Data division. I loved the idea of Cray Technology going into big data, but I thought there were a lot of problems with Yark Data in terms of how it was structured, and and I don't think it's been successful in terms of doing what they wanted to do with that as a business unit. Uh, Cray has not been successful historically with separate business units that were meant to carry Cray technology into new markets or proximity markets. It makes more sense to me for this to follow Cray's traditional functional organization. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think also, you know, I noticed sometimes the messaging got a little confused around big data uh, when they had the separate uh, business units. You're always thinking, well, the the big data side is going to be the arc data, but that wasn't the case. They had 
they had big data activity going on with the conventional uh, supercomputing division as well. And it seemed like they were mixing the messages sometimes. You never quite knew where, you know, sort of who was running what there. So this is probably a more natural structure for Cray in general. And like you said, probably uh, uh, sort of a better business model as well. Well, yeah, the the whole idea that they were going to reach out to customers that they didn't already have, that's what we haven't seen. Now, I guess it's possible that the that the big data side, the customers just are less likely to want to be public, but the fact remains that all of the major press releases that we've seen with regards to Cray, with regards to YARC data in the big data space have all been end users that Cray should have had access to to begin with. Now, Cray does does uh, uh, say that they're moving into production with big data at a few of their customer sites, but even if they brought out someone like finance or a big bank, yeah, there's, that's still part of the HPC ecosystem. I, I, I can't imagine you don't have access to call on those companies as Cray. Right. Uh, certainly, the the way we look at the HPC uh, community, I mean, these are all you know, they're HPC. Uh, applications and and there's people in there that sort of know the uh, the HPC technology. So yeah, it would it would seem like you know they're gonna they're gonna grow this organically rather than and then try and carve off a, you know sort of an enterprise group and then and try and start a new company. Now, what Cray has said is that both Bill and Arvind are leaving the company to pursue separate, non-competitive entrepreneurial activities. Bill, of course, you know, came in off the board and, and has a supercomputing past, but these aren't the only changes that Cray is making around there. This is coming uh, just after Cray has announced that uh, Max Shearson, who's the CEO of MongoDB, has also joined the Cray board of directors. So that it does bring in a little more of a big data viewpoint onto the board, and maybe if they are reorganizing functionally, that can at least provide some guidance in terms of uh, of what the company's focusing on. Yeah, that's a good point, right? MongoDB is certainly, uh, yeah, they would have that different perspective, uh, Shearson would. So, yeah, some interesting uh, interesting movement there at the top of Cray. Uh, we'll see how, how it all plays out. I, I think we will see the, uh, the reorg fairly soon now. Yeah, well, all of this seems to be coming down just in the, in the next couple of weeks, and uh, uh, I predict we will see a, a new organization here. I, hopefully, this will be the end of Yark Data as a brand. I, I just haven't been fond of that, but I still believe in Cray and selling its technology and big data. It just doesn't need to be spelled backwards in order to do it. <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> okay, let's take a quick break, and then we'll get to something uh, new on the technology side with an elastic storage announcement from IBM. Hi, this is Rich from Inside HPC. You know, we run into Addison and Michael all the time at high-performance computing events around the globe, but we know how important these conferences are to you HPC users. If you have an HPC conference coming up, we invite you to add it to our Inside HPC events calendar. It's self-service, so it's super easy to get your conference noticed, and you can then fill up the seats. It's a good value, and did I mention that no salesman will call on you? Check it out at events.insidehpc.com.
Okay, we're coming back in, and we also had a conversation with IBM this week in HPC. Now, Michael, they've been undergoing some transition with regards to a lot of the component storage technologies. A lot of this started kicking off in May around the IBM Edge conference, where they've been making a move to rebrand a lot of the functionality around GPFS underneath the umbrella elastic storage. And this week, they've taken that a step further in introducing elastic storage functionality moving to cloud, including public cloud, private cloud, hybrid cloud, uh, and building on their previous IBM soft layer announcement. Right. And I guess this is basically to make sort of a, a, more, a more turnkey solution for the enterprise customers and integrate the HPC, the typical HPC technology that, that we're used to, into something that's not uh, so technologically daunting to people. And uh, yeah, the Elastic Storage is basically a, it's a virtualized storage system, and then they sort of hide the internals of it uh, in, in many cases for, for customers who just you know, want the want the features, but uh, don't care about the particulars about the underlying technology. One thing they've soft pedaled over the last couple of months, but seems to have come to fruition, is that the GPFS brand really is going away. They're they're going to call this Elastic Storage, even in a non-cloud traditional supercomputing environment. I just want my parallel file system. Give me GPFS. IBM is going to ship me Elastic Storage. Right, and that I guess the only uh, group that would be a little confusing for would be the HPC customers themselves. I mean, here you're going to buy a computer from them, supposedly, whatever whatever hardware structure it is, and you can't buy GPFS anymore. You have to buy elastic storage, and you're thinking, well, I'm just going to buy 10 petabytes of storage. What's so elastic about that? Right. <laughs> and and yet, your point about this is trying to, to sweep in a lot of individual technological components or features under a single brand. I, I think that will be easier for them to sell in the enterprise. You're going in and trying to sell big data analytics, scalable storage in the enterprise, and you've got all these individual components with uh, not just starting with the storage hardware, of course, but you've got GPFS and tiered storage and uh, uh, and uh, you know the, the hierarchical pieces in tiered storage, and you've got Tivoli, and you've got all of Platform, which itself had a bunch of separate modules. Now, to be able to take that and say it's all underneath IBM Elastic Storage, you're going to have a single namespace that incorporates all of these different functionalities. You have clients, whether it's an NFS client or a Hadoop client, they all hook in underneath that on a single namespace in a hybrid cloud environment. So it could be your own private storage, it could be uh, Amazon S3, it could be Microsoft Azure, or it could be the IBM soft layer public cloud solution, a single namespace across all those domains. Right. And I guess, you know, it makes sense to simplify this because there's a lot of complexity there. I mean, they're not just talking about making making sort of the storage elastic and, and virtualized. I mean, they're going to add the intelligence to, to migrate your your data from from tier to tier. Uh, that, that functionality is going to be added. And, and then with all the complexity of the different storage repositories you may have, uh, you know, you need something a little more high level than, than just, uh, you know, a uh, 
a dump load of, of technological or technology. Right. And I, I think it's both noteworthy and appropriate that this announcement essentially came from the IBM platform computing people. Uh, you know, that's where all the policies are going to be driven in terms of what data is replicated where, what data resides where. Because as much as you can just say elastic storage and it's going to be taken care of in a single namespace, don't make the mistake that you're just going to stop caring about where the data is. Because if I'm trying to run my application in, in, in place A and the data is in place B, that's not going to work very well. The data has to be wherever the application is going to run. Right. For, for best performance, that's certainly the case. And you also have to worry about the policies. I mean, it, it doesn't, I'm sure there's some default policies there, but you have to make intelligent policies as far as, you know, how the data is going to be migrated, where it's going to be migrated. Uh, to, to make this thing work optimally for any any system, but uh, you know, presumably they've taken out or they've automated enough of this so that people who are familiar with data management can can figure this thing out certainly and 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 do what they need to do. Well, I, you know, this has been what's been talked about from platform or or other similar companies like Bright Computing, Adaptive Computing that have had these policy management for data movement in the cloud types of solutions. Univa has been part of this in terms of where they want the data to be. Um, you know, you're going to have to have a storage administrator who's really keeping an eye on what data goes where. And part of that is going to be the licensing costs to the extent that you're looking at running ISV applications in the cloud. You have to be licensed to run those in the different cloud environments and look at the cost of uh, the cost to run the individual applications in the cloud versus in-house. Now, that said, I think anybody who's looking at cloud for any kind of uh, HPC implementation is going to have to deal with these things. We have not seen it thus far in any kind of really large-scale traditional supercomputing user. This has still been the domain primarily of entry-level and mid-range uh, HPC uh, users who are adopting through the cloud instead of buying in-house infrastructure with a certain amount of, not very much, a certain amount of bursting over peak capacity for selected HPC users. This might start to change but that's where it's been so far. Right, exactly. I mean, and, and the other thing I think that's notable about this, it's it's not like IBM is inventing elastic storage or doing this on its own. Every every vendor that's that does data management is doing something like this or something very similar. The interesting thing about IBM is is they have more of the pieces than than most of the other vendors. They've got, like you said, they've got the, the platform, you know, uh, resource management part. They've got the GPFS part. They've got the hardware infrastructure. They've got uh, some of the other management tools on the software or the storage side. So they've got a lot more uh, to put together here. So they might come up with a more complete solution than some of their competition and, and maybe something more novel than their competition as well. Well, that's what I like about this announcement from an IBM standpoint is that you know, organizations are looking at what's my scalable big strategy, big data strategy going to be. And, you know, I know I need scalable I.O. That's come out of our research studies that uh, that becomes the biggest single satisfaction gap that someone needs to solve is what's my, my I.O. scalability story. They're looking at IBM because they think they want things like Watson and Hadoop. Um, in reality, what IBM might be deploying might be more based on GPFS and Platform Symphony, but you know, being able to wrap it all up underneath the 
Elastic Storage headline, you can say, look, we're going to bring you IBM Elastic Storage. It's got all these great components. And then uh, uh, and then uh, you're satisfied with that. You're not really as aware of what individual components those are going to be. Yeah, exactly right. If they're not, nobody's screaming for parallel storage file systems necessarily on the enterprise side. But uh, in fact, maybe they don't even want that, but they might get it. Uh, with with this underneath the covers. Well, I mean, we'll see how IBM continues to bring that forward. The other thing this really points at is an early look at what IBM's strategy might be after the Lenovo deal. We also saw, by the way, also this week, a, a, an intriguing little announcement where IBM is partnering with Apple now on the client <laughs> devices uh, in terms of using iPhones, uh, iPads as the uh, as the edge. Uh, devices with which people can access the IBM backend analytics. So we're starting to piece together these little bits of strategy that we're getting an idea of what's IBM's HPC vision post uh, the Lenovo deal without any x86. And uh, the strange bedfellows and things come around full circle uh, in 30 years. IBM not partnering with Intel, but is partnering with Apple. Yep. Yep, it does make for interesting times. <laughs> anyway, uh, very interesting announcements, uh, fun to cover, and uh, uh, we'll look forward to how that continues to play out. A busy summer continues, and uh, that wraps up This Week in HPC. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing, distributed by Inside HPC, news without noise for the high-performance computing professional. For more information, visit intersect360.com and insidehpc.com.